Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 29 of Revelation chapter 14. And we are in verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. We've been discussing this verse the last couple of studies because it is a very important verse. Everything in the Bible is important. But uh, in, in this case, this verse is revealing to us a doctrine that has never previously been known. So this is information that God has opened up to us since the Great Tribulation concluded. And we should not be surprised at that because we read in Romans chapter 2, in Romans 2, it says in uh, verse 5, But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Now here, the Lord is speaking to those who are actively involved in sin. And if they have no Savior, their sins are adding up. They're, they're, they're being treasured up unto wrath against the day of wrath. And, and that lets us know that, yes, uh, as sinners, we live in this world abiding under the wrath of God because of our sin all the days of our life, unless God saves us. And yet, even though we're under his wrath, normally there is still a special day, an appointed day, called the Day of Wrath. Also, the Bible calls it the Day of Jehovah, or the Day of the Lord. And our sins that we commit during our lifetime, while under the wrath of God, are, in a sense, being stored up. They're, they're being remembered in God's uh, infinite mind. He doesn't forget a single transgression. And they're stored up against the day of wrath, which there's no question here, that's a reference to judgment day. But what makes this verse so interesting to us is what it, what it says about that day of wrath. Let me read just the second part of Romans 2, 5 again. Treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and N is a important word, a little word. It's a conjunction joining two ideas together, two phrases together. And in this case, it's joining the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. And that is telling us that judgment day, the day of wrath, is also a time of God's revelation of his righteous judgment. And that 
is exactly um, what we have seen. It's been our experience since the Great Tribulation ended on May 21, 2011, and Judgment Day began, the Day of Wrath, that we have been learning much more information about the nature of God's judgment. We've learned it's a spiritual judgment, just as it was on the churches, and will remain a spiritual judgment until the very end of the prolonged period of Judgment Day, and then finally God will literally destroy um, the world and sinner uh, on the, the very last day of this time period. And we've also learned that the people of God go through this fire that is lit in God's anger and are left on the earth, remaining alive and remaining unto that, again, that very last day when the Lord comes and it's the time of the resurrection and of the rapture. And Revelation 14.12 is a verse that teaches this truth. Here in the context of Judgment Day, in Revelation chapter 14, it says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God in the faith of Jesus. And, and so God has continued to reveal information to us. And one of the important truths that we have learned since May 21 is what was never previously known before by theologians or churches or anyone, that the people of the Lord would be on the earth and go through Judgment Day and and uh, go through in a glorious way to give God the glory at the final conclusion of everything. God will be greatly glorified through his people who will have demonstrated and made manifest that there was no sin upon them. That's how they're able to endure to the end, as the Bible says. And isn't that interesting how how God does make that statement in Matthew 24? Let me read it. In, in Matthew 24, it says in verse 11, And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. There is the falling away of the church, uh, with a reference to the false prophets arising and deceiving. There is the terrible increase of wickedness in the world that we see today, iniquity abounding. And then in verse 13, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And and uh, it's a really a remarkable statement that God is making in the context of Matthew 24 as the Lord is answering the disciples' question, What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Well, it, it will take endurance. You must endure to the end. And some thought, we previously thought, that meant you had to endure to May 21, 2011. You had to be faithful up until that point because we thought that would be it for the believers and then they would be taken out of the world. But no, no. God had another plan and 
a much greater, more severe test for those that profess to believe his word, that profess to believe the things coming forth from the Bible concerning the end of the church age, concerning Christ's sacrifice from the foundation of the world, concerning the doctrine of hell, concerning the the teaching of judgment day itself. What if, what if uh, God just arranged things as he's uh, prone to do in such a way to give the appearance that uh, that Judgment Day did not happen, even though it will happen exactly on the day that he said. That is, what if God allowed and permitted his people to have truth concerning the day, that they would be correct about the very day the Judgment Day came, they would be correct, the door of heaven would shut, and God would begin to punish the world, it would be the the day of wrath and it would be uh, a prolonged period of time but what if they were incorrect about a physical aspect to this such as a great earthquake and what if they took the five months literally rather than figuratively and uh, and God just let them hold on to this wrong conclusion in order to set up and establish a huge final test, the test of his word, the test of their faith. Notice it says in Revelation fourteen twelve. here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And yet it would happen according to the word of God on the date projected forth as God opened up that information from his word. And yet, if if God had people thinking um, something visible, physical, something they could see with their eyes, and it didn't happen, what would be the reaction of those that profess to believe these things? And so let's let's put this into place. And, and this can also accomplish several other purposes at the same time. I can purify my elect as gold and silver and precious stones and bring them through a fire. And I can try my newly completed house that is built upon the rock and bring a storm against it to see what sort of foundation they have. And I can and bring the same storm against others that do not have their house built upon that rock, the Lord Jesus, and, and, and it will fall. And, and, and many other things. They can also demonstrate by going through this spiritual fire that they had their sins forgiven in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ from the foundation of the world. And, uh, it will be a manifestation of them standing before the judgment seat of Christ for the things done in their body, whether good or bad. And since all sin has already been forgiven and and washed away in the Lord's atoning work, again, before the world was created, then they will endure. They will go through safely 
and and last through the fire. The day will reveal what kind of work has been done on them by God. Are they true men without guile or are they uh, not true men? Do they still have deceitful hearts of unbelief? In other words, this period of time will show forth in an absolute way those that are saved and those that are not saved. The day will declare it. It will shine through and and come through definitely. Uh, there, there will be that final separation of not only wheat and the tares, but of goats and the sheep. And this is the, the elaborate plan, which includes the snare for all the inhabitants of the earth, Luke 21 tells us, that God put into place. And then he continues, and his people continue to search the Bible, even after apparently things did not go as they thought. There's confusion. There's um, doubt, the wonder, what is going on? And and uh, God's people are unsure. But they, they know one thing, the Bible's trustworthy. God's word is always faithful and true. And, and God's sheep hear his voice and they know. I, I heard it. I heard the voice of Christ. The way the, the biblical calendar of history and biblical calendar means it comes from the Bible and the Bible's trustworthy. The way the calendar locked things into place and they fell so perfectly, that could only have been the hand of God. And, and all these scriptures fit. No man could have developed this this timeline of 7,000 years from the flood falling on the 8400th day of the Great Tribulation, the exact 23rd year, and have that day, May 21, have the underlying Hebrew calendar date of 217, which was the self-same day that God shut the door of Noah's Ark and the flood came. That's an impossibility for man. No man is that brilliant. No man is able to um, manipulate things to arrange those sort of circumstances. God's people knew. I heard the voice of Christ in the declaration of May 21, 2011. Who else could have opened up the opportunities, the door to all the world for such a tremendous witness of a declaration of judgment day so that all the nations who typically, normally, don't have a moment, they don't have any interest in hearing the Bible talk about judgment, they turn from it, they dismiss it, they they literally will give you the back if you come with that message and yet... It was put in the forefront of their eyes for a prolonged stretch of time. They couldn't avoid it. Who but God could have arranged for buses to travel down big cities wrapped with such a message, for jitneys in India and the Philippines to carry the same message, for billboards, thousands of them to spring up all over the world, in Ireland, in England, in in all 
places that you can imagine, even in the Middle East, and for tracks to go forth in the millions, and and on and on and on. The the incredible worldwide declaration of May 21, 2011, Judgment Day, was without parallel. It was unprecedented. Who could have done that? And true believers, they they put it together and the the word of God locked it in. And nobody has shown that it's an error. And that proclamation, it had to be from God. Never before, you, you can't find a cult or a false gospel that had such a wide open door. It takes God to open up the door to China and India and to Korea. Only God's people could have had such opportunity because God was with them. And, and so the people of the Lord were confused. What is going on? Why did it not happen as we thought? But those that were not God's people, they that were not true believers, they were, they were people with guile, not without, deep down within, and they joined up for, for however long a period of time, uh, wanting to be on the right side of things, probably, and, and, uh, liking the idea or, of the end of the church age and, or whatever reason. They uh, went along with it, but then when it didn't happen, they quickly turned on their brethren, and they began to revile uh, with tremendous reviling, even more reviling than the people of the world, even more reviling than the people that were in the churches, and with with spite and and cruelty. Uh, we're reminded of the scriptures that that warn about those, uh, as it says in Luke chapter 12, where God interestingly gives a warning of those who uh, who start to beat their fellow servants because the Lord delayeth His coming, and it says in Luke 12, verse 42, and the Lord said, "Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler?" over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you, that it will make him ruler over all that he hath. But, and if, that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men's servants and maidens, and to eat and drink, and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. Notice how it's letting us know there's an evil servant. That means that servant was never saved. Someone who would, yes, I'm a Christian, and and they were associated, identified with true believers and the true gospel of the Bible, but it it took a delay, as he says in his heart. The evil servant says in his heart, "My Lord delayeth his coming," and that fits perfectly in what has happened in the case of many people 
since apparently May 21, 2011 came and went without incident. That, that is, they said in their heart, my Lord delayeth his coming. And they turned to their fellow servants and they're angry. And um, uh, I look like a fool. They're embarrassed. Their pride has been hurt uh, because they they uh, took a stand on the coming of the Lord. And they blame uh, these other people. And especially since these people continue to talk about a spiritual judgment, continue to trust the Bible and the things the Bible said concerning the information God graciously and kindly opened up to his people at the time of the end. And and this just stirs up their anger even more because it's a constant reminder of what they feel was a foolish time, a foolish act to believe such things. And so they lash out and begin to beat the men's servants and to eat and drink and to be drunken. It, it's uh, interesting that this idea of my Lord delayeth his coming reminds us of the account in the wilderness when Moses went up into the mount and delayed to come down. And during that time, and how long was Moses up in the mount? Forty days and forty nights. During that time period, the people of Israel made themselves idols and rose up to play. It, because he delayed and and yet uh he did come down at the end of the forty days and forty nights and and saw the idolatry, saw the true condition of the hearts of many in israel and and that's what God is going to do at the end of in all likelihood at the end of sixteen hundred days as judgment day began on may twenty one twenty eleven and likely continues for 1,600 days till October 7th, 2015. And 1,600 days is 40 times 40. At the 1,600th day, it'll be the end of the 40th 40, and the likely end of the Lord's delay, his apparent delay, even though he did come in judgment, but the delay of the actual destruction of the world, the delay of the resurrection, the delay of the rapture of those living and alive on the earth. Yes, those things were delayed and as God works out the spiritual judgment. And what will God find when he comes to conclude all things at the end of this prolonged period of judgment day? He'll find just like Moses and found coming down from the mountain, a people turned away from the truth of the word of God, a people given over to idols, people interested in politics, interested in a social gospel, interested in going back to church, interested in everything but the things they should be interested in, in the truth of the word of God. And it's really, it's a terrible situation that does parallel what happened with Moses up in the mount. Well, going back to Revelation fourteen twelve, here is the patience of the saints. There's a need of patience. We read in Luke 21, 
In your patience possess ye your souls. There's a need of patience because of the severity of the test and and the grievousness of the day of judgment. And yet God's people continue to wait on the Lord, to trust His Word, the Bible. They knew what they heard when they heard the voice of Christ. They know that these things could not have just fallen into place. That's what people who believe in evolution believe of, of the creation. Oh, there was no creator. There was no hand of God in the making of these marvelous flowers or butterflies or, or, or whatever animal you want to name, even though they're complex and obviously design. The world denies it. Likewise, the biblical calendar of history is complex, fell into place in beautiful harmony, and some say, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing at all. Well, that's a denial of an obvious design, an obvious show of the hand of God. Well, uh, Lord willing, next time, we're going to look a little bit closer at the word patience. It's a very interesting word that I think will be helpful for all of us to break down and see just what's in view by this word, patience. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.